0: This morning, we are, uh, we're continuing this series on Multiply, and it's about the growth of the early church and how, uh, how the church got started after Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and he gave the, the guidance, go and make disciples. In the book of Acts, we see what happens after he says that with his apostles and the people uh, that were following him, how they went and just went to the known parts of the world and started sharing the gospel. And churches got planted in new communities, and uh, lives were changed, communities were changed, just by this simple message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, just the truth that rests in that, began to change the whole world. And so this morning we're in Acts chapter 12, and if you were here last week, two weeks ago, last week was a little different, Um, some of you loved it because I didn't preach Um, But it was a little different than what we normally do. Last Sunday was our Vision Sunday where we just shared what's happening at New Beginnings and what to look for in this year. And I guarantee there'll be those things and more, and God will do something different. Some of those things might not work out, but we are just going forward, following His lead. And so we wanted to just take some time and share that with you. This morning we get to Peter, and two weeks ago we find out that there was, in the beginning of chapter 12, Two things happen. One, James, the brother of John, one of the apostles, is, is murdered by Herod. And we find that people got excited about it. You remember it was uh, the title of the sermon was Places of Honor, and we talked about politics and religion. And it was a fun Sunday. Who thought it was a fun Sunday? <laughs> Um, we talked about politics and religion, and we talked about how, uh, how Herod, it was, it, was, it, was, it was using Jesus actually for his own personal benefit. And uh, sometimes that's the temptation. But he sees that the Jews get excited when he murders James, and so he arrests Peter, and he puts Peter in prison. And that's where we get to this part of the story, Peter. Is in prison. Some of you may have walked in here, and you feel like somehow in life, in some circumstance, in some situation, uh, you are in prison. That uh, that you are you're locked in. And we find here in the, in the passage that Peter is shackled. He's chained down. We find that he has two guards sitting beside him. We find that there's two guards at the gate. We find that there's an iron gate locked. Like everything is against Peter at this moment. And, and some of you may be coming in in that situation. And, and what I want to tell you this morning is this passage would be really easy to take out of context and preach a prosperity message. To preach and say, hey, when you're in that change and you're up against this situation in life, God will, if you have enough faith, He will deliver you out of it. He'll get you the job. He'll fix your marriage. He'll, he'll heal the cancer. He'll do all these things. Yet, if we, don't, if we forget so quickly... The first two verses that James, who had followed faithfully, died by the sword. And so this is not a prosperity message. What I want you to tell you is you absolutely have to believe and should believe that if God wants to rescue you from whatever situation that you are in, he can do it. I mean, he can do it. My goal this morning is to get you walking out into the, the service, not saying, he can, he, if he doesn't fix it, he doesn't love me. My goal is for you to say, I believe he can fix it. I'll love him either way. I trust him either way. I trust that God's in control and not me, and he knows best, and he loves me. I'm going to pray for it, and he can do it. Absolutely, he can. But I'm going to trust him to choose. And so we have Peter in prison here, and, and, uh, and i just got to think about how he must have been feeling in life. I mean, he, is, he has been living it right. He's been sharing the gospel. He's been planting churches. He's been doing good things, and here he is arrested in jail for no reason. He didn't deserve to be there. It wasn't fair. And he's just sitting in jail. The title of this morning's sermon is Peter's Escape. We're going to walk through what happens in Peter's life that leads to Peter's escape. Will this be a textbook thing that you should do in your life and it'll fix all your problems? It's not that. It's an example of how God worked in Peter's life and rescued him. And I what you see, we'll just take some things this morning and we'll look through this passage. And we're actually going to start in verse 5 just to remind us what was, what was going on after he got arrested. Uh, Acts chapter 12, if you have your Bibles with you, and we'll start in, in verse 5, it says, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. So as, at this part, of, I'm going to give you some words that begin with F, all right, as a good preacher, that you can kind of jot down as we go through this passage. First one, we see he had friends. He he had friends that uh, he was close enough to know his that that they they knew his situation. Not only did they know his situation, they cared about his situation. It was other believers, it was people who were uh, of like faith, of like mind. Like he had this group of friends that after he got arrested, it says it doesn't say the church put him on the prayer list, right? It says the church, and when we find later in this passage, they've gotten together in a home. And, like, they've disrupted their host schedules and life, and they had all these other things that they could be doing. I mean, it's probably a regional tournament or something. Who knows? But they're in the home, and they're praying earnestly for him. They're praying earnestly for Peter. That word earnestly is like... Just with all they got, they are begging. They are spread out. Their spirit is spread out, sprawled out before God saying, please bring us Peter back. Help Peter. Be with Peter. He was in relationship with other believers. He had some friends. As we move on, verses 6 and 7, we find that he was both fastened and freed. And this escape. So he had some friends. He was in relationship. People that were praying for him. Now we find in verse 6, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Now I love this. I love this moment. It says it's the night before he's to go on trial. And somehow... Peter had enough peace. He was asleep. Y'all had a final exam and you couldn't sleep. Right? You had a doctor's appointment and you couldn't sleep. You had had an issue with your child and you couldn't sleep. You had an issue at work and you couldn't sleep. Peter's life is on the line. He goes to trial tomorrow. He's bound up in prison. That's pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) Just a slip. I mean, can you see it? Can you see that? And I just thought about the peace he must have had in his life. And I think the peace that was there was maybe not the peace that, man, if if God wants to rescue me, he'll rescue me. It was the peace to know, like, my life is not about my agenda, but God's. And if God's plan includes me going before Herod and on trial and dying, then I'm at peace with that. If God's plan for my life is to get me out of this jail, then he probably wasn't even thinking that, honestly. I mean, if it had been me, I'd have been pulling this full Shawshank Redemption, planning this thing out, finding a file, <laughs> like figuring out how I'm going to break this, this. I'm like watching and trying to, maybe I'm trying to make friends with the guards. You know, I'm like manipulating and doing everything in my own power to get myself out of this situation. I am not taking a nap. But that's where we found Peter. He's taking a nap. This nap. a little bit of jail time. When a trial came into Peter's life, guess what it did not do rattle him at all. But when our faith is weak, when we're not surrounded by friends, like something comes into our life and we're just like all to pieces. But here we find Peter was not all to pieces. It reminds me of what he wrote himself in his epistle, 1 Peter, in the first chapter. Verse 6, he said, So be truly glad... There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Isn't that beautiful? Peter himself wrote that, and so maybe that gives us some insight into what he's thinking while he's here in prison Uh, last night we were playing this game Uh, Beth gives me a hard time y'all Mario I say Mario apparently it's Mario. is it Mario or Mario Mario. whatever y'all are wrong she got to you (laughs) Uh, but Harker you know he's three and he's he's got to where he can kind of play Mario Kart on the switch And so we were playing Mario Kart last night, but if y'all have ever played that game, uh, you can go in and set these settings on it so that, uh, like, it always hits the gas, like he doesn't have to hit the button to make the go-kart go, it automatically goes. And you can hit this other button that turns this little antenna on that keeps you from driving off the road, all right? So that's what I do for him, I hit those buttons on and really, like, he he can throw a, a, a shell every now and then, he's figured that out, he thinks he's driving. Um, but he's it really like it's going on its own so last night we were playing and he always likes to win and I'll usually like slow down when I get close to the finish line and let him go and he didn't really know what's first and seventh or anything yet and so uh, we, we, we were playing last night and and I was and I slowed down and I let him go and he beat me and I said you won Harker you beat me again and I turned around and looked at me I did yeah I did can I be a different man and when I looked over he was picking up his controller. <laughs> he had been watching the whole time. He laid the controller down <laughs> and was just watching. And I was like, You beat me. I thought I was being good to him. He's like, Yeah, I did. Why don't we get a different man? Picked up his controller to change his man and was ready to race again. And I thought that's exactly what Peter had done here. He sat the controller down. Are you with me? That we want to hold on to that thing with the tightest grip. That we think we can solve the problem. And and holding on to that controller, trying to control everything, leads to frustration, it leads to discouragement, it leads to depression and anxiety and feelings of like this is all on me I got to control it I got to control it and, and things didn't work out that's my fault this my like holding on to that thing is part of our problem this morning I'm asking you just lay it down you will never have more freedom in your life than when you just lay the thing beside you on the couch and you beat your dad anyway When you say, God, you drive this thing, you take control of this thing, I trust you. If I come in first or sixth or eighth or twelfth or I don't even finish, if I'm going backward on the track, I trust you. He was fastened, and this is what happens, this is what I love about it. This is where it can get pretty exciting. I mean, it'd be fun to preach a prosperity message on this, honestly. Because suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off. Peter hadn't set his alarm <laughs> He had not figured out how to pick the lock. He had not, like he did absolutely nothing but go to sleep. But and you'll say, but there's no way this can work out if I go to sleep. If I take my hands off of it and I don't try to control it and I'm not doing it, if I'm not doing it, then there's no way it could work out. How could Peter ever get out of jail if he doesn't even try, if he just goes to sleep? And God's like, wake up. (laughs) I'm getting you out of jail. I want you out of here. You've got to get out of here. You've got more work to do. James, his purpose is served in the way that he died. He's going to leave a testimony, and an impact, and I'm going to use that. With you, Peter, it's not your time quite yet. It will be, but now's not it. Let's go. And I love this because he just, I mean, Jesus is just asleep. I mean, Peter's asleep. I mean, imagine that nudge. Wake up, and you wake up, and there's a bright light and an angel. And this kind of creeped Peter out, honestly. And we really thought he was dreaming. So what we found he had friends, he was fastened, he was freed, uh, and then he followed. It was really simple. The angel told him, get dressed and put, put on your sandals. Very simple thing. He's done that a hundred times. Get dressed, put your sandals on. So I just imagine Peter <laughs> waking up and get up and he stands up and the angels, put you, get dressed, put your sandals on. He just gets dressed, like going through the motions. y'all ever wake up in the middle of the night? He's just going through the motions. And he didn't. He says, now put on your coat and follow me. Put on your coat and follow me. The angel ordered. Verse 9, He says, so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He thought it was a dream. he was dreaming. He's like, this isn't real. Like, what is happening? I'll go. This is interesting. Let's see what happens. He didn't realize it was actually happening at this point. Verse 10, it says, They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. Again, some of us are so scared of the gate that we don't even get there. Like, we see it out in front of us, the obstacle, the barrier, the thing that we can never get through, that God can never work through. So we make decisions back here that don't even take us to the gate because there's no way we could get through it. And yet, if we were just like Peter and we followed where God was leading us, the thing just swings open. It just opens up because this is God's plan and His purpose, and uh, His purposes and plans cannot be touched, cannot be hindered. It says opened all by itself, like automatically. This is like... I don't know. Maybe that a code. Maybe it was you know one of these fancy gates that you know reads your car and sees it and it just swings open. And so they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. At this point, he comes to his senses. He's like, all, like he's outside the gate. He's outside the prison. And all of a sudden he comes to the sense the angel's gone and he's awake and he's coherent. And he's standing there. He's like. That really happened. That just happened. I'm out. I, I got to go tell my friends. That's what he says. It says, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. What was going to happen, I've been saved. And it was of not any of my own accord. It was all God sent an angel, woke me up, brought me out of here. The chains just fell off. The gate just opened. I'm out. He said, we rise. He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. John Mark wrote the gospel according to Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. Okay, so this is a bit of humor. In the book of Acts, in the Bible, yes, it's funny. Luke wrote, it is funny. It's kind of like me the other night. Roz was at a friend's house on the same block, other side of the block. We don't let her walk around the block at dark. She calls, I tell her, it's time to come home. I'm coming to get you. I get in my truck, pull out the driveway, drive around the block, pull back in the driveway without Roz. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even remember driving by Addie's house. She could have been standing on the driveway for all and another, like Dad like or in the yard, like, hey, waving me down. I just drove all the way around. And I was pulling back in the driveway. It's like, wait, I was doing something. Why am I my truck in the driveway? And so I pulled back around real fast, like hoping she's not wasn't like standing there and she wasn't. And I was texting her and said, come on out. So like I didn't have to share that with anybody. <laughs> Nobody knew that happened but me and Beth, so she could laugh. But the, the, the thing that happens here is Peter, he goes from uh, fastened and freed and just this quickly and simply to forgotten. Like I mean, God was with him. God just opened the prison gate. And he can't get into John Mark's mom's house. (laughs) So Rhoda hears his voice. She goes back to the ones that are praying for Peter, right? That's what we just read in verse five. They were earnestly praying for for Peter. And this is the response when Rhoda comes and says, Peter's at the door. Y'all are praying for him. He's at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. And there was a group of Jews who thought people are guarding angels, and they kind of looked, sounded like, they could look, sound like the person they guarded. So they like, it must be his angel. I mean, that's all it could be because he's in prison. Can, can, I, can I tell you that you are absolutely capable of praying earnestly, like begging God With underwhelming faith. Like you're praying hard. Like you're begging him. But at the end of the day, you really don't believe he can do it. Like your faith is not. And this is exactly what they were doing. They were praying. They were giving it all they had. They were begging earnestly. They were still there. I mean, this has gone on at least a day, I guess, because it gone it was the middle of the night and he got arrested the day before and they're still there and, and they're praying. And, 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 like they said, and the Rhoda comes like, hey Peter's out the door I'm like, no, he's not. He's in prison. We're praying for him. You're interrupting us. Let's keep praying. <laughs> Meanwhile, Peter just out there knocking. It's me. Please. I'm like, where's the angel? I need the angel again. As they finally opened the door, they saw him, and they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down, told them how the Lord had led them out of prison. He shared the story. He said, go tell James and the other brothers what happened. This is different James. This is Jesus' brother, James, that became a leader in the church in Jerusalem. It says he went to another place. And then it says, at dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Maybe Peter was so calm because he knew Jesus. Maybe we can look at this and maybe start to apply it to circumstances in our life. But I want you to pause just for a minute and let's, let's, let's apply this to our spiritual life. Maybe Peter remembered... When Jesus stepped into his boat the first time, said, push out a little deeper. Maybe he remembered when, when Jesus told him to cast his net on that side and he caught all those fish. Maybe he remembered when Jesus said to him, follow me. Maybe he remembered when Jesus said, hey, I'm gonna, you're a good fisherman. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Maybe he remembered when Jesus forgave him the time he denied him three times. Maybe he remembered the morning Jesus made him breakfast by the water and said, Peter, do you love me? Asked him three times, and he just simply said, feed my sheep. Because you see, this wasn't the first time God had rescued Peter. Peter was like every man and woman in this building, just like I was when I came into this world. In prison. dead in my sins. Are you following me? Romans 3.20, it says, For, for the wages of sin are death. It says we've all uh, sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we're all born into prison, into shackles. We know that the wages of sin are death and without Jesus... We have no hope of heaven and eternity. We're destined to hell. And that's not the good news. That's just the truth. The truth is, like, without Jesus, we're broken and we're separated from God. Our sins have separated us from righteousness. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it, and nothing I can do about it, unless we are called. And how do we get called? How do we, how do we have an opportunity to respond to this gift that God has given us? Is by, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what I want to tell you this morning is, is if, if you have been saved and if you've never given your life to Christ, either one of those places, when we are unsaved, we are just like Peter, asleep. We are dead in our sins. There's nothing. We can't wake ourselves up. We, we, can't, we can't change our circumstances. We can't do enough good. We can't give enough. We can't live right enough to make God happy. But when we hear the gospel message, the truth of Jesus Christ that says, the little nudge, and maybe somebody here this morning, you're feeling that nudge. That this truth that you can't do it. You can't be good enough. You can't live up to all the expectations. And Jesus is saying, I finished this. I did all the work. I fulfilled the law. I lived all the righteousness. And he calls us. He wakes us up and he can free you like that. He's offering us a gift. And then it's simple and it's easy to follow him. Amen. Ephesians says it like this I want, you to, I want you to understand before we read this passage that regardless of where you are in your story see Peter's escape this is not just about the jail this is not just about this moment in time in this story this is not about Peter's agenda to get out of jail it is about God's agenda to, to reach a lost and broken world everything he calls us to in every circumstance in every situation it's all about how does the gospel spread how do we multiply how do we reach new people so regardless of your story i don't care if you've ran for god from god your whole life i don't care if you don't even believe you walked in here you didn't even believe in god i don't care if you've done things against god i don't care if you're uh drunk right now i don't care if you were, whatever you were doing last night, it does not matter. In this place, God can wake you up and say, I love you, get up and follow me. Like, it's that simple. And so this morning, I want to read you Ephesians 2 as we get ready to close. In verse 1, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Dead. What can a dead person do to bring themselves back? But God, so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It is only by God's grace. And it goes on to make it even clearer. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Peter didn't go to, to Mary's house and be like, I got out. I got myself out. Can you believe it? Look at me. I did it. Angel woke me up. Holy Spirit woke me up. And let me tell you, my salvation, the Holy Spirit woke me up. Changed my mind. Caused me to turn around from the road that I was on, following myself, serving myself, dreaming for myself, and put me on a road following him. And it was so easy. It's like, put on your, put on your sandals. All right. Put your coat on. Go out the gate. For me, it sounded like, go preach Sunday morning. I don't want to, but it's easy to follow. I'll just go. For our church, it sounded like, Meet at the college, meet at the YMCA and the silver snooker's room, meet at wherever, meet at the Garfield house, rent this little, this little storefront over on College Street, uh, okay, uh, do a little thrift store, okay, give some clothes away, okay, do a f- coffee shop, okay, rent the boxing gym, okay, like this is just like follow, 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 and, and none of it's about any of those individual agendas, it's about reaching a lost and broken world. Not by works so that no no man can boast, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. He planned for us. That's how much God loves you. When you give your life to him and you start to follow, he's got good things from the foundation of the world, from, from decades and eras and centuries and millenniums back, that he's planned purposefully for each and every person. And I thought about this last verse in Acts chapter 12 as we get ready to close that we're reading this morning, verse 18. It says, At dawn there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. If you're a follower this morning, if you're a believer, I'm not talking about you just go to church on Sundays. When God gets a hold of you, when He rescues you, it causes a great commotion. and it causes friends and family and people around you say, What happened to him or her? What? Who is this person? What happened? so I, i'm I'm asking you, are there people around you saying, what has happened? I'm telling you, if you step out in faith and you follow and you accept this free gift of grace, just by believing in Jesus Christ, that name which has the power to break every chain, and this is the most important one, because it leads to eternity in heaven and salvation. This is what this all is about not about making sure we live comfortable and get our dream job and have all the stuff we've always wanted in life. It's not what it's about. When we give our life to him, when we surrender, I promise people will say, and there will be a commotion, and people will say, what happened to him? This morning, I invite you to enjoy and take part freely in the same escape Peter had when Jesus showed up in his life the first time and rescued him from sin. That same thing stands today. God, I'm so thankful. I can't hardly start a prayer without gratitude for who you are, that while I was a sinner while I should have been your greatest enemy, while you should have been had every right, while I deserved the cross, that while I was a sinner you died for me. You died for me when I hadn't even chosen to believe in you, maybe at times I didn't even believe in you, but you loved me so much that you died to give me the opportunity to accept this gift of salvation that you so freely give. God, I just pray as we get ready to sing this song this morning that if there's one here today that's never given their life to you, maybe they've just gone through the practice, and and yet their life has never reflected it, and people say, well, that person started going to church, but there's nothing different. And when God gets a hold of us inside, we can't help but be different on the outside. God, we just pray today we don't want to be a fake church. We don't want to have fake people acting like Christians and being good. We just want people whose hearts have been changed by the gospel message. And God, we want to love one another and we want people to turn toward Jesus Christ, your son. So it's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. We're going to sing one song and we're just going to worship him in this song And then we're going to get ready for our baptisms and celebrate lives And maybe you say, I've never been baptized, but God's got a hold of me And you want to go in the water today and just tell the world, I believe in Jesus, I'm following Jesus Uh, We'd love to do that with you today. If you want to come and pray, if God's dealt with your heart today, the altar is open. Somebody will pray with you. This song, the words, is just a musical version of the sermon I just preached. and home. Praise him this morning. No shame in this place. He
1: canceled my debt, yeah, he called me his friend. That
0: Maybe you're feeling it this morning. You just want to be made new. Like you don't want to leave with a question. You can pray right where you are. We'll pray with you if you want to come up here. But you can leave that all behind. In a moment's time, the gift is there. The promise. The offering is there. The free gift of grace accepted simply through faith. celebrate you Give God a hand this morning. <laughs> Death, where's your victory? Amen. You're going to, we're going to take a seat. We're going to get ready for a baptism here in just a minute. We'd love for you to stay with us. It'll just take a couple minutes to get ready here. Are you thankful God set you free? Amen. Ah, free from the penalty of sin, free from the power of sin. And uh, so excited to just celebrate with these families this morning as we, uh, we celebrate a, a baptiz- three baptisms this morning uh, from one family, and it doesn't get any better than that.